0: Don't call it a comeback, I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Got my glasses. on out the door. I'm going to hit this city. That's before tough. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Because when
1: I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking.
2: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff.
1: Gobert in on Durant, nearly traveled. Hustling rebound over to Fournier, and he hits!
0: Evan Fournier, under a minute. Final seven seconds here. Lillard puts it up. Holiday, no, and that will do it. So France has beaten the United States in the first game in Pool A. Final score, 83 to 76.
1: I um, mean, you know, I think it's a group effort. You know, you, you always got somebody like Kevin Durant
0: and, and Draymond Green who have been in this position before. I've been to the I mean, the finals plenty of times and uh, been in situations like this. So, but we, we also have a team who's been through a lot of adversity and I feel like we all kind of feel the disappointment and, and we all want to get back out there and, and play and prove ourselves and prove how good of a team we can be.
2: Here we go on a Monday, been 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Forget about it. Let's just go. The first bite.
1: Will the United States win gold in men's basketball?
2: So they're going to beat Iran because they're laying 39.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know Iran was in it.
2: <laughs> I know. They're going to beat Iran. I'm going to say yes. They're still going to win gold. So
0: they are still going to qualify for the quarterfinals. Because, yes, I hope. Who uh, after, who's after a run? The Czech checks, Republic? Yeah. <laughs> so there are 12 teams that qualify for the Olympics. They're in three groups of four. And eight of those 12 make it to the quarterfinals. So they're they're going to make it to the quarterfinals. They're going to play some combination of, like, Australia or maybe Nigeria again, maybe Spain, maybe Slovenia and Luka Doncic. Like, that'll be the types of team they play. Well, if they're second, they get a one, right? Uh, yes, there's a chance they could play a two because some some threes, will two threes will get out. As oh, well. okay, okay. So, okay. yeah, it's a little screwy. Right. But basically, they're going to get out of the group stage. They're going to get into the knockout rounds, and but they're going to play a decent team in, the, in that uh, first game of the knockout rounds, more than likely. Yeah. We have not yet seen a single thing, though, that suggests the United States is going to win this tournament. Like, I, too, I'm with you. I think they're going to win the gold medal because they're more talented and because it's the United States. And we don't lose at basketball very often. But we have seen over the last three weeks, this team has lost to Nigeria, this team has lost to Australia, and this team has lost to France. Have they had an impressive win in exhibition slash Olympic play? Like, beat, Argentina just got beat by 30 by Luka Doncic by himself last they, night. Uh, they beat Spain the last exhibition here? So that's it, yeah. yeah that's, that's the only... they the played, legitimate win. Yeah, they've played four legitimate basketball yes. teams, and they've won one of those games. So we have not seen anything from this team in the last two or three weeks that suggests they will actually win the gold medal. It's We're all going off of history, and we're all going off of, well... Kevin Durant should be the most talented player in this tournament, and I. I but again, what what are we going to see from this team that actually suggests hey they can win something? So maybe it's good that Popovich spent
2: like ten years studying France. Now, now, let's just say he'll study nobody and they'll beat everybody. Like The last thing uh, they need Popovich doing is taking every day thinking about France, which is a little weird given he was also coaching the NBA. Let me ask you this. Again, it's from the uh, athletic writer who supposedly was the guy who asked – uh, Javel Miguel, is your mother still alive? So I'm, I'm, I'm putting this to where I don't really know if I trust this guy at all in terms of the athletic PR. But he said that there were grumblings as they left the uh, floor after losing to France that they don't like Popovich's San Antonio offense. He should be fired. I mean, it's can you just, fire uh, a guy in the
0: middle of the Olympics? I don't think he can. I he, send him home. You can put Kerr in charge. Yeah, just <laughs> let him retire and fly back home. Here, okay. Here's the thing. Since 1992 when the united states was like oh we should start sending nba players to the olympics 19, since 92 the united states was 53 and 3 in olympic games they're 0 and 1 this year since 92 the us was 54 and 2 in exhibition games they're 2 and 2 this year like that's pathetic that is absolutely pathetic what they have done the last 3 weeks if we took this as seriously as like Brazil or Germany or England took international soccer, Popovich would have been fired before the Olympics started because all of that is unacceptable. Every every bit of what we've seen over the last two to three weeks is unacceptable. Like, you can make an excuse, oh, Nigeria was the first game for this team together and they hit 23s. That's fine. You don't lose the next game to Australia. You don't show up at the Olympics and lose the first game to France. All of this is unacceptable. And if we took this seriously... Popovich would be fired because here's, there's, there's two main problems. Number one, the biggest problem is the roster construction, right? We, saw, we watched exhibition games, and it was painfully obvious that they were terrible. They don't have any facilitators. All they have is guys oh, that can yeah. create their own shot. Yep. Like Draymond Green might be the best facilitator on this roster. That's a problem. Right? The roster construction from the start was flawed. And then Bradley Beal got COVID. And Kevin Love backed out. They were given the opportunity to add two new players to this team after seeing the flaws of the roster. And what did Popovich do? He added Keldon Johnson. From his own team? Yes. Who played nine minutes against France, missed his only shot. Surprised he got nine. And in that nine minutes, the U.S. was outscored by 11. And he added JaVale McGee because they needed a true shot blocker. In the first game against the team that probably has the best front court in the entire tournament in France, JaVale McGee, the true shot blocker they needed, played less than two minutes. That is horrific roster building. Yeah. And they had a second chance at it, and they got Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee. That's, that's unacceptable.
2: I, I thought actually, I mean, it's easy to say now because they won, so it's not like bringing any news. I thought he got completely outcoached. I thought that guy went big and they just had no answers. I I don't know who – I'll put up my hands. I didn't know who the coach was beforehand. I certainly didn't know the French coach. But I thought he completely – Coach Popovich. The other thing that bugs me about Popovich, and he did this when they were here in Vegas losing exhibitions – Okay, you're right, and you're, you're embarrassing to say this. You're right that you shouldn't be beating France by 30. That's obvious. France has like six NBA players. You should be beating them by 10 to 15. Right. Like you should be winning the game. Yes, yes. The days of you beating these, these, um, these teams with a bunch of NBA Angola. players. I mean, with, you know, a bunch of NBA players. No, you're not going to beat them by 30. You You're not. You're, you play Lucas team, you're not beating them by 30. You play Australia, well, you might not beat them. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, this whole thing, and he said this when he was in Vegas too, and he kept saying, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. It's not the same. We agree with that. It's not the same day and age where, again, Barkley's getting asked for selfies after the game. That doesn't exist anymore. But you should be winning by 10 to 12 yeah. comfortably and
0: then moving on. And And listen. You can lose one of these games. It's it's perfect. Like you can lose to France. It's basketball, and France has good players. But w- what have we seen from this team? They're two and three in the last three weeks. It's not like oh they've just lost once. They're two and three, and one of the wins was over Argentina and sixty-seven-year-old Luis Scola leading them in scoring. Like they haven't performed well except for like what half of the Spain game because even that game they didn't look that well. Like. That's the issue. Is they keep losing these games. Like Popovich was bringing up, well, we don't blow these teams out anymore. You're not even beating them right anymore, right? Let alone yeah. blow them out. Like you, yeah, you should be winning ten to twelve and comfortably winning and going on. They
2: when they were up, you know, nine or ten with six or seven left, whatever it was, you close that out. You win by eight to ten and you move on. You don't get outscored. What was
0: like 16-2, 16-4 down the stretch against France, yeah. 18-7 over the last five minutes. Yeah, that's that's unacceptable. Yeah and like the, and again nobody's criticizing the united states because they only beat france by 7 no. it's a criticism that you lost to france after losing to nigeria right. and australia right. it's it's brutal it's absolutely brutal and it's you you look at i mean you had the the story from the athletic about the players being frustrated with the san antonio offense I, what san antonio offense they're not running a san We're not antonio without running set plays
2: he's just kind of they're just kind <laughs> of no. They're just kind of running. Like, I mean, there's no set plays. And he said that afterwards, again, he's looking for excuses now. Well, I'm tired of – look, these guys, I get it. And and the whole thing about – this is another cliche I'm getting sick of – is that, well, they've been together forever. These NBA players, they've gone to their own teams. They've gone elsewhere. They've played in the NBA. They get new concepts. So you bring them back, yes – you know, have has there, has Gobert played with some of these you know these French guys over the years in these tournaments? But you're asking, well, six months to a year, two three years later. I don't know how often they get together. Worlds and Olympics. You're you're saying just because they're back together, they're so much more cohesive. You're the best players in the world. I'm so tired of hearing that. It's like. It's like they make it out like the French team. None of those guys have played in the league. They've just all been together for four straight years practicing together. I mean, it's just, I'm so tired of that where, you know, they've been together and we're not. So this morning, Popovich, I see a quote. Well, uh, our concept now is because we had a lack of preparation together is we're not running set plays. We're just kind of, you know, uh, it's more of a lack, lack of a better term, like creating and, and, you know, being more fluid and just kind of going with what they give you, which again, if that's been his San Antonio offense, how did he win five? I guess, you know, Duncan and those guys were better than we even thought because he won five titles. I, I don't know. I mean, the other thing, again, in the athletic, it, I kind of stop where the, the and again, I, I don't know this reporter, but I do think he's the kid, the the one who asked McGee about his mom. The grumblings coming off the court. You didn't really hear that coming off the court. And by the way, I don't even know. I think they're in the same room. They're far away from them cuz of COVID. So, you're guessing at that point. But if you're telling me there's frustration on that team, I would certainly believe that. that there I should be. So. There should be, yeah. They've lost three times yeah. in two weeks. Grumbling's coming off the court. You weren't that close. You didn't you don't know that.
0: Yeah. It's and Here's the other part of this. France has NBA players. Yeah,
2: you know, like six is, of them. Yeah. France
0: is great. Yeah. But the problem is, is just imagine if this were an NBA series, and you had one team whose big three was Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, and Draymond Green. Whoever the hell you want. I mean, Booker barely played, Booker, but yeah, he yeah, might yeah. be there. But just, just imagine. It's Durant, Lillard, and Draymond Green. The other team's big three Gobert. is Evan Fournier, Rudy Gobert, and Nicholas Batum. Mm-hmm. If... If the team with Durant, Lillard, and Green lost to the team with Gobert, Fournier, and Batum in an NBA playoff series, we that we would be crucifying yes. that coach. Yes, that coach would be getting destroyed for losing that series, right? And that's basically what happened. It was one game, but that's basically what happened in that first game to France. And for Popovich to to it, to me. This is like Popovich is the number one issue here. And I don't know if he oh, just I send yeah. him home and let her I mean, coach and it's all of a sudden better. He's like, been the issue this whole
2: time. Now, look, Durant didn't play well. So if he plays like that, they, you know, that, that's not good for them. Although you should still have enough on that team to overcome him having a bad game. But
0: this is a Popovich problem. And it goes back to the roster construction. And here's here's what's going to happen. And hell, we said this after like the first or second exhibition game. If they make shots, they'll win the gold medal. Sure, Because they, they needed to make like one three the yeah. other day. They were going to win the game. They missed like <laughs> six straight down the stretch. No one could hit a shot. And they were all open, sure. by the way. If they, <laughs> if they make shots, they will still win the gold medal. Because they have guys that can create their own jump shot. So if they hit shots, they're going to win the gold medal. The problem is, is they do not get layups. In the half court, they do not get easy layups. It does not happen for this team. And that's going to be an issue. Like when they they're going to get to the quarterfinals, if you if they have to win three straight games against Ooh. three teams with other NBA players, they're in trouble. For them to do that without getting layups on a consistent basis in the half court, I, it's hard to imagine them winning three straight games like that. Again, they can because they're they can knock down shots. Durant, Lillard, Booker, all of those guys are really good at getting their own shot and make it at a high enough level that you can win games that way. But when you don't we just saw the Suns, when you don't get layups in the half court, it's really hard to win at this sport.
2: I just think they're going to win. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Because
0: they're going to make shots. Because we've seen Lillard and Durant yeah. and Booker make these shots. I mean, Durant shots. alone could just yeah. carry him, and right. that would be it. As long as he doesn't get in foul trouble, he yes. only gets to play 20 right. minutes, yeah. which is what happened. Jesus. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the Golden Knights. As, man, the NHL draft was over the weekend. At least they didn't take make the worst pick of it. The- hey, Javale, uh Welcome aboard. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. Is your is your mom still with us?
2: Is my mom alive? Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, that's a weird question to ask somebody, but keep no, going. Want- it's the Press Box with Grainy and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100
0: AM and 100.9 FM. That was an NHL draft over the weekend. The Golden Knights had a first-round pick. They took Zach Dean. You want to know what my favorite part of the Zach Dean pick was?
2: Please, please, please. Don't tell me it has anything to do with you're going to, like, evaluate his play.
0: No, no, no. Thank goodness. I know nothing about Zach
2: Yeah, neither does anyone else who evaluated his play.
0: So my favorite part (laughs) about it, though, is the Golden Knights uh, select Zach Dean, and the first bit of analysis on ESPN show was that he's a 200-foot player. (laughs) they got a lot of those. And Golden Knights (laughs) fans on Twitter response were like, why? Why do we have another 200-foot player? Because here's the thing. (laughs) Normally, 200 foot player is a positive attribute. Usually, those guys are valuable. Yes. Normally, it is, hey, that guy is good in all three uh, zones. Ends, yes. He's not going to hurt you defensively. Right. He's going to help you get through the neutral zone yeah. and it'll help you score. But the Golden Knights' entire roster is 200 foot players. Like, Mark Stone is the high end, but even like Nick Waugh is like, he's considered a 200 foot third line center, right? Their entire roster is that. And they've lost in the playoffs. Because instead of having guys that can actually score, they yes. just have a whole bunch of 200-foot players. That was my favorite part. Was Golden Knights fans being mad that the guy they drafted was described they, as a 200-foot player? They need a 5-foot
2: player if the 5 feet is right in front of the <laughs> crease and, they can, and the guy can actually score. If I, <laughs> he's if a I, puck if,
1: lifter. Exactly.
2: If he's a 5-foot player who can lift the puck and not and not shoot it right into the blocker, uh, then I'm, I'm liking that guy. I Look, I mean, whatever. I do love drafts. I guess I love the NHL draft more so because of the instant evaluation of guys nobody really knows about and have never really seen. But the evaluation I love is like there's no chance you know anything about this dude unless there's some scouting report from Europe or somewhere, and I did not even know if those people know much.
1: What is more accurate, the the post-pick analysis during the NHL draft, are Charles Barkley talking about any team during Indiana the NCAA NCAA tournament? tournament?
2: That's a tough one. Okay, because <laughs>
0: thats a good question. Here is the Jerry. thing that's crazy about the NHL draft: they draft guys that are playing in like a second division in Finland. Like, that'll be some of the yes. picks in
1: this Most draft. of which
0: will go back to that right. second division. <laughs> and it's like, okay, there's a lot of guys, like most of the guys, the, the number one country is Canada that has draft yes. picks. United States is number two. So it's like, okay, I can reasonably understand that people that, you know, do scouting for a living for teams or people that do scouting just in the media, that they have seen a lot of these kids play that play in Canada and play in the United States. But when you're telling me that somebody got picked from the Czech Republic and they're playing in some U-17 yes. league in the Czech Republic, I'm genuinely curious, how the hell did you watch right. that guy play? Right. Because it's not like the NFL where every draft pick is coming out of college football and every single one of these teams is on either TV or like ESPN Plus or yes. something, and, or college basketball, where 90% of the guys are coming out of college basketball and then the other 10% were playing in the best teams like Real Madrid and Spain. Sure. This is like, again, it's U-17 <laughs> in the Czech Republic. <laughs> And that's when you see those
2: immediate, like, 200-foot player, physical, tough, all these things. It's like... You don't. Well, I don't know if you know that, but how do you know that? You saw some weird film from the Czech, and you don't even know who the players are. But you're like making determination and values, and then like the media here like buy into it, and all of a sudden he's got these deep dives on this guy. The Knights picked from like some crazy place in the world that there's no chance you know about this. You're just reading some evaluation from some guy in a closet in the Czech Republic who might have seen this guy in video. It's hilarious. I mean, whatever. I know you got to cover the draft. I get all that, but I do. Smile a lot when I see deep dives into who's. Didn't they pick two guys with the same name? Uh, two Jakobs, yes. Two Yakims. No chance they know anything about Yakum. <laughs> Either one, by the way. Oh.
1: <laughs> what is the chance that they sent in the pick and they went? No, 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 no. Wrong Yakum.
2: Yeah, right. Wrong Yakum. No, you got to take both Yakums. And it's not just the Golden Knights; it's everyone. They picked Yakim. he's going back. They picked
0: Yakim. he's going back. Is
2: anyone really coming?
0: <laughs> How disappointed were you that their second round pick was Daniil Cheka, a Russian, and, and, he he speaks speaks and he speaks English? Yeah,
2: that's the only thing I wanted. Uh, ben, I'll have Ben go on at nine thirty. He burst my bubble because I said I wanted Shippy's translator back, and Ben immediately tweeted to me that this kid played in Canada for year, few years, and so he probably knew English. And then I, I don't know. I had to like. Uh, wash my car, so I didn't jump on the Zoom for this guy. Uh, but apparently, I think he must have spoken English yeah. because they had a lot of quotes from yeah. him, yeah. and I didn't think the media in this town were that, you know, uh, on their uh, sh- sharpened up in their Russian. So yeah, I guess he
0: speaks English. Speaks English, and his host family or whatever you call it, because he he plays in Canada. Yeah. Bottom of Golden Knights jersey. A that was years the ago. best story so of the Golden entire weekend
2: I knew because when we were watching the first round, my wife said, "How do they all have the sweaters?" Now I assume first round guys like mini leagues, they're sent, you a know, uh, yeah. all the sweaters and hats, and then of course you're going to send back the ones you don't use. Like you know, th- that's fine, um, which is good. But this guy. That was the best story I heard that someone had bought him a jersey when that first yeah, it like, came like two or three years ago. and I'm then sure. he yeah. had that to wear, yeah. so <laughs> I would have loved him to be picked like New York and still put the Knights jersey on because it was the only one he had. <laughs> I, th- I would have thought that was great.
0: OK. I, I get reminded of this every year when the NHL draft happens. Why does this draft have timeouts? That's another. thing. The Golden Knights took yeah. a timeout.: McPhee now, called yeah. timeout. Why does it- the draft have a timeout?
2: Shouldn't uh, you know who needs a timeout is Mayock. <laughs> hold on, <We're> hold <laughs> on. We're about to hold take Cleveland Furl. Yeah, I've, I've got three bubble butts on the board. We got to see which one's bigger than the other one. Um, I don't know why they have timeouts. Why I,
0: is that allowed?
2: Again, I like full disclosure after like the first, the well, for, after the first 10 picks we put on Netflix, and I said we got to get back for the Knights pick, and they picked someone I got right off it. So I don't know other than watching
0: Twitter, there was a timeout, and then I'm like. What's he, don't you have to be ready for your pick? I mean, yeah. usually you lose your pick if it goes past your time. And the funniest part was that they took their timeout on the second day in the second round when they had the third pick of the day. Yeah. Like, there were only two you picks had, that went before them.
1: You had, like, 18 yes. hours to get the board now, in line.
0: They made a trade, so that, you know, they called they the timeout. they make, like, 10 trades with Detroit uh, you yeah, felt like it. But they, yeah. they did make it. They called a timeout and then made a trade. Oh, so yeah. it's not like they called a timeout yeah. and, because they couldn't decide on who they wanted. That's just so, George
2: being George.
0: But I just the idea that they who win win in the process of, hey, the NHL draft, you know what we need? We need a timeout during the draft. I need more time to pick this guy.
2: The only thing better of the entire weekend on the timeouts and the Russian kid with the Knights jersey had someone gone onto the field of Las Vegas bull, p- ballpark and told one of those guys, you got to come off. We just traded you. We can't we can't risk you like <laughs> slipping on the bases or something. You've just been how, traded.
0: How does Vancouver feel about Nate Schmidt? Like diving, diving over, over fences like, like what are Alabama? you doing? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I again, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I I hope they're good players for them. It doesn't appear any of them are coming. They seem to all be going back to their teams. And uh, we'll talk to Ben at nine thirty. But yeah, two yakums, uh was a little. That was you know a little
0: strange. By the way, Nate Schmidt played the wrong sport.
2: That was a great catch. Rob's
0: a home run. He had the. He won the home run. He derby. He won the home run derby, derby. yeah. Was the final batter. So yeah. won the home run derby. I,
2: I I remember him talking when he was here. I guess he's a great golfer too. I mean, he's a great athlete. But, so, uh, Nate,
0: so Nate Schmidt's just the guy that's good at everything. Yeah, like I think he's, he's good at everything. He's just the kid you grew up with, and like, oh, he's never played ping pong before. You put and him he'll paddle he'll kick in his hand and kick everyone's butt. Yeah, oh, exactly. He's the best. Yeah, I think he's yeah. that guy. I think he's oh, that guy. Brutal. Well, good for him. And Vancouver um, wants to trade him.
2: Yeah, Vancouver wants to move him, don't they?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, he. Wait, the is
2: rep- he a 200-foot player? Because uh, uh, well,
1: we could get him back. Well, defense I mean, if he played for
2: Columbus, he definitely would have been traded. I don't think they have any players <laughs> left. <laughs> How about that team? Every time I turn through the drafts, like, Emily Kaplan's uh, interviewing the GM about trading, so I'm like, do they have any players left, these guys? Tortorella's still there? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I always I tweeted that, like, when they, you know, they traded their first nine players, I'm like, all I want right now is Tortorella to still be the coach. And like, what do you think, John?
0: <laughs> that would have been perfect. This is perfect. No egos. I can't. We don't have any good players. Do you have an evaluation for me? The draft? Absolutely not. not, Zach Dean is a 200 foot (laughs) player, and everybody should be mad. Incomplete. Here's my evaluation for you Uh, They will trade Zach Dean in two years. Oh, he's first round pick. That's right. For an unhappy Austin Matthews from Toronto. Okay.
2: I do that right now. I well, would yes, wait two years. But Austin
0: Matthews isn't <laughs> unhappy yet. Yes. But he will, be, he will be the centerpiece, along with like a first-round pick, to go to Toronto because Austin Matthews will be unhappy. He hasn't gotten out of the first round and will demand a trade.
2: I have no idea if this is true. I saw on Twitter this morning, maybe you did, I don't, maybe someone retweeted it because I don't follow this, this girl, so I don't know who this person is. Someone tweeted eight hours before, so I was get up at 5.30, so count back to eight hours, that she had seen Jack Eichel in vegas Uh-oh. and all the, oh, the fan just started and then someone actually someone with reality time kind of uh um you know put in their uh it's vegas and he's on vacation so he might be here like you know it did you know when if it's like you know des moines which i always like to go to then he's walking the streets like uh eh, they might get him but in vegas like well he might just be here but uh yeah that, that sent people uh, all a flutter the jack
0: eichel's walking the streets coming up next flurry was spotted in buffalo <laughs> Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. This is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. So it is now official. Texas and Oklahoma have told the Big 12 they will not be extending their grant of rights after it expires in 2025. That's basically just an agreement all of the Big 12 schools have signed to say, hey, we're not going anywhere. Nothing's changing about this conference until... 2025. So all of the reporting last week, this is coming to fruition. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. The reports are they're going to apply for SEC, you know, to be added into the SEC. My question on this though, they put out a statement today saying they're not going to renew it after 2025. Is there any way Texas and Oklahoma are about to play in the big 12 for five more seasons (coughs) before leaving for the SEC? No way. If I'm the big 12, I
2: don't know about this year, but you, maybe this year I come up with whatever you can get out of them for them to leave, and whether it's money, I, I don't know. It'd have to be some kind of financial separation because there's not, I don't know what else they would want from them. But I can't believe, not only the not only Texas and Oklahoma, because I'm sure they want to get out of there as soon as possible. Now, they have to apply to the SEC. This just in, the SEC will take them. But if I'm the Big 12, I get together and say... What can we what can we get from them? And if I'm texting
0: Oklahoma, I want to get out of there too. Do you really want to stay there for five years? No, it was no. it was bizarre. The Raiders playing home games in Oakland yeah. for what three years? Three after years after they were coming yeah. here, like that was strange. So i I just can't imagine they will play more than this season in the Big Twelve without making it happen. Yeah. Now, what was the number? It was seventy something million for each school. Uh, that would have they'd have to pay the big 12 70 plus million dollars to, to leave to, to get out of this contract is what the penalty would be. Uh, I, I guess if you're Texas and Oklahoma, that's probably worth it at the end of the day.
2: Well, yeah, because you just pick up the TV money from the SEC is, I mean, it's not even a wash. I, I don't remember those numbers. They're just so out of control for the power fives. But I mean. You, you just it's just a you know it's a trade out right you're just going to go in the SEC and get that money so I don't know why they wouldn't I mean it's amazing if you don't realize out there and I think most people do the difference between power fives and non power fives when we're sitting here saying just pay the seventy million to get out and the Mountain West budget our budget is thirty two million total I mean. It, we said this before. It's it's staggering that anyone by besides Power Fives ever win at anything, and I'm talking every Olympic sport, everything. It's just amazing. So, uh, you're, if you're Texas, as much money as you have at Texas, and you're like, "Yeah, we can get out for seventy million. The SEC will take us now or in a year, and we'll just kind of move over to their side and get their money from TV." I don't know why you wouldn't. What's why would you stay around? Well, I mean, I mean, you're losing seven but it's right. Texas, so yeah. I think Texas thinks it could make up a lot of that in other ways. Yeah,
0: and and at the end of the day, it's it's probably worthwhile to pay that to not sit around in the big yeah, 12 for, and if you're the big 12 we said this last week why do you want them around because every you have I mean
2: obviously they're the two you're they're your two leading programs so they're on TV a lot they get a ton of notoriety every time they're on you want that talked about right <laughs> you don't yeah. want that so if you're the big 12 you want them gone at yeah. this point if you can't save them which obviously they can't because they're leaving I'm trying to get rid of them because you don't want five years of that being your narrative of your lead have you
0: seen the reports? Louisiana of. schools? Was that real? No, no, no. Well, oh. Wait, what was the
2: Louisiana schools? I saw some report over the weekend that the Big 12 had already reached out to some of the Louisiana schools. Oh, and like, like nah, Louisiana, I Lafayette, Louisiana yeah, Monroe? I, I go, y- you got to start higher yeah. that on the yeah, food chain. That'd
0: be scary yeah. if you're the Big 12. But no, the reports of the SEC having conversations with Clemson and Ohio State. And Michigan and Notre Dame. Oh, to do the super conference. To get up to like a 20 or 24 and just be a super conference. And just be this is every legitimate college football program east of Texas. Well,
2: I mean, if I'm those schools, I'm certainly thinking about
0: it now. Yeah. I mean, if, I, if you are like, here's the thing the big, if it stops right there with the SEC, the Big Ten and the ACC are fine. I mean, they can go add some more schools, but those conferences are fine. But if you're telling me all of a sudden the SEC is able to poach Clemson or Michigan or Ohio state, Notre Dame, like all of a sudden, like the big 10 and the ACC, you're looking at losing your best teams. And now there's a 20 or 24 team super conference. And now listen, (laughs) you know, you know what it sounds like the European super league. Yeah. Like that's what that sounds like. If they legitimately got Clemson and Ohio state, that sounds like the European super league where the rest of the sport is kind of looking around saying, what, what, what are we supposed to do now? And the SEC, if they, listen, if they're at 24 with Clemson and Ohio State and Notre Dame and like Miami or Michigan and hell, they can add four more after right. that, they can go get USC. Who cares at that point? If you're on the West Coast, like you can go add the, the next four biggest brand names in college football at that point. Why would they play in the NCAA?
2: They would just do their own thing. Yeah. They and, would they'd, just say, and they'd get, and TV would be
0: lining up yeah, for Yeah, and that's what we would that's watch. That's the only thing that, yeah, that's what we would watch. Because at that point, like, who would be the best programs in, in college football? Like, Nebraska, Iowa would be Oklahoma like. Oklahoma State? Yeah, like, that's like, at that point, like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, like, Georgia Tech and, and whatever?
2: Like, It'd be the only conference in America where two, two individual teams have their own TV networks, <laughs> Notre Dame and Texas. Like, and, and they would be competing with ESPN for their own schools. Like, no, we're <laughs> going to
0: take them. But, it, but at that point, if you, if you were the SEC and you had this 24-team super conference and you had legitimately every good team in college football, plus for some reason Ole Miss is somehow still in this conference, you would just create your own championship. You would just have your own 24 teams. Here's, you could do whatever format well, you wanted. For and a here's season. the
2: thing if you're Ohio State, if you're Clemson, if you're Notre Dame, if you're Michigan, if they come at you, no matter what your affiliation is, and I know that they, people would be like, oh, no, it's Ohio State, the long term. Well, Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12. That's all you need to say. You have to go. Because the fear of being left behind right, would be too much. If you're if you're if you're Michigan, Ohio State it's like, well, you know, all this history at the Big Twelve and your Big Ten, excuse me, and you're looking at what the SEC is doing, you have to go, yeah, absolutely. because you'd be scared. Oh my God, if Notre Dame goes, if Clemson goes, we don't want to be on the outside looking in. So the SEC right now does have that power to say, well, we've got six spots open, and
0: if you don't take it, we'll just go to the next team. Which is basically the exact same thing that happened in the European Super League. It was like a bunch of the teams were like, okay, well, if Barcelona. Better and go. Juventus and Real Madrid, yeah. Madrid are breaking away to do better their own go. thing. Yeah, we better join that, and we're going to make a lot of money when we join yes. that too. Which yes. is exactly what the would SEC happen is here. probably looking at that, saying we'd be the
2: only thing TV would want. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that happens though, right? I don't know. They just went and got <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma from the Big Twelve. <sighs> I just if you're Craig, if you're Greg Stanky and, and, and your presidents are like, well, how can we be? Well, they're already the most powerful football league now, but um,
0: how can we? Just take everyone out. That would be it. And, you know, you wouldn't look back. How old am I if I say this is terrible for college football? I feel like that's an old man take.
2: No, because I don't think it is. I mean, well, it's terrible in what way? not a young man's take. It's terrible in what way?
0: Just because, like, college football is a sport of, like, rivalries, and college, and we've already seen a lot of that broken up. Oh, like Rose 12. Bowl,
2: it's not like that anymore. Right, but yeah. like
0: the the history and traditions of college football right. exist, and it's it's part of what makes college football appealing is it is a weird sport compared to everything else we have, but if all of a sudden there's a super conference, then you're talking about 75, 80%, and we're not, not even just group of five, we're talking like 75% of the current power five schools all of a sudden are irrelevant?
2: Washington State, what happened to us? Yeah. like, like There'd like, be Pac-12 schools like, what about us? Like, like No, you're, you're take, not coming.
0: Take Nebraska as an example. They, if they go to 24, Nebraska might get an invite because they're one of the 10 biggest brands in the history of the sport. But just say, for example, if the SEC were to go to 20 schools and the next four were Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Miami— And Nebraska's left out. Nebraska's a school that has the longest sellout streak in the history of college football. I think in the history of all of our sports in the country.
2: They sell their their spring game every year.
0: They care, and all of a sudden, that program is going to be irrelevant forever. I mean, they're irrelevant right now, but they're all of a sudden, like, what are they playing for?
2: I just want it to happen because I want immediately for a guy who always says this isn't good for college football to be Dabo first in and line. he joins it. Because yeah. he would be first in line. And again, I don't like Dabo for a lot of reasons, but he's really good at what he does, and he would be right to join it. He's not an idiot. He's going to say, look, we're not getting left behind. Right. We're going. We're exactly. not.
0: See you later, ACC. Because, yeah. yeah, especially the ACC. Like, I really want to play Boston College. Yeah, no, you, I will go to the Super but What conference. are you sticking around in that? Yeah, exactly. So that would be, I don't know, like... I, and I would, I would watch all of it. Of the course, su- the we watch would watch every yeah. game. But I, I just feel I would, I feel like I would hate it just because all of a sudden, like we already have this issue where the majority of college football games are irrelevant right. because there's, they, know, there's they, been four teams that have dominated yeah. since we went to the playoff. So, but to all of a sudden say now it's really irrelevant because the SEC has 24 teams and they're just playing their own championship game, and you're talking about you know. Nebraska or, hell, Oregon or UCLA, like all these programs that are legitimate college football programs having would, nothing to play would for. Would the uh, – I mean, everyone always
2: says the death to the bowl system.
0: Well, if you're yeah. If
2: you're a well, bowl system and – I
0: guess the SEC could make their well, own bowl uh, Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the
2: Chick-fil-A <laughs> bowl, the this bowl, the that bowl, they're all SEC teams this year. <laughs> well, and what would happen again – you're talking about, you know, you're talking about like Nebraska if it doesn't get an invite, Texas Tech, like you know, legitimate, you know, uh, TCU teams like that that have been legitimate teams. What would happen to Mountain
0: West teams? Oh, you're, I, uh, mean, I mean, it's well. The good news is they've been playing in irrelevant games for a long time now, so they'd be used to it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if we're t- yeah. non-existent, yeah, but we're talking about Power Five programs that could be in a lot of trouble if the SEC added four more or six four six or more teams or something like that right now. Did you
2: see that reported?
0: Yeah, somebody I can't remember where it was. I'd have to go find it again, but they just said that there there had been conversations between Clemson it was Clemson, Ohio State Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame was the other one, and there and and it might have been Michigan. I can't remember the other the other two exactly you take Notre Dame right
2: away because of NBC. Well, you take them because of the brand. I mean, if yes. you can get that brand, you're yes. like taking them in a heartbeat. But that's why they've never they've never had to join a conference. But in this sense, that's the other one. Could Notre Dame rem- – I guess they're the only ones who could remain independent. I guess they might be the only ones who could get away with it. <laughs> I mean, right? team a 2014 SEC oh my conference, yeah. and
0: Notre Dame yes. is like, no, thank yes. you. We will play and our the And they schedule. will still make a ton of money. They,
1: and they'll still make the playoff and lose in the first <laughs> yes, round. Yes, to
2: Alabama <laughs> by 65 points. I mean, because it's the brand, the, like a global brand that Notre Dame is, they might be the only ones to get away with. I'll tell you what, BYU would have to jump back into a conference. How funny I don't know where they'd be? go.
0: How funny would it be if the SEC got to 24 and they had their own playoff every year and they had like a one-at-large invite for a team not in their conference? <laughs> They and every like, year we, be
2: like, we have invited Notre we Dame. We will
0: invite one of you to play yes. with us. One of you will have the chance. <laughs> I mean, they're powerful. Who wants to make a lot of
1: money, lose it on national television?
0: Yeah. I think they're powerful
2: enough. I mean, look, who's ABC, whoever it is, ESPN? This goes to a super conference. Has that ever happened? Who are they lining up for? They're not lining up to show any
0: other league. Oh, you know, yeah. They're not, you know, it's, it's just again, not happening. You don't, I mean, again, using Nebraska as the example massive fan base like it's one of the 10 best programs of all time if they wouldn't make the cut for the 20 or 24 team super super conference like that's a program that you'll you'll put on tv and people will watch it people will show up and pay attention to nebraska football but all of a sudden if they're playing if all they're playing for is oh they get to play iowa like who who cares cares. who cares cares that they're playing iowa it's completely irrelevant game now
2: i i'm with look i don't know if i'm with you on that in terms of if I wanted it to or not to happen, but I almost wanted it to happen just to see how it would go. I mean, it, like be, I wanted it to see, it'd be fascinating yes. to see who they took and, and they'd all jump in a second. If you don't think they're jumping out there, this whole thing about no, no big 10 history to heck with that. If Ohio state and Michigan sitting there like, we better get the hell out of here and yes. get to the sec. That would happen like a blink. You almost want to tap to see who they take. Yeah. And then the carnage that would be left behind, what would they do? I mean, that sounds terrible,
0: yeah. but it'd be fascinating to sit back and, like, watch the whole thing yeah. unfold. Because you would have, you know, Michigan, Nebraska, Miami, Oregon, USC, like, all of those schools. So some of those are going to get left out at the end of the day, right? And so it would be fascinating to I'd see. Take, I'll tell you what, i take Oregon. Right. I mean, yeah. Again, the brand. Again, yeah. like, it's all about and, brand. And if you go to 24, you'd probably take Nebraska, too. I mean, right. that's eight eight more teams than they have right now, but that's that would be fascinating to see is, uh-oh, like, How the hell did Miami get left out of this, right? How the hell did Notre Dame? Well, they'd probably say no to it because they're not. (laughs) They'd be the only school. No, thank you. We're fine. All right. Coming up next, it's show or tell with Ed Graney.
2: Ed Graney has been a journalist for over 30 years. He's seen a lot of and been given a lot of free stuff.
1: Oh, brother. All right, back to show and tell.
2: Whether it was scurvy or a padre eating a Snickers bar.
1: Why don't you bring us potato? You're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you?
2: Ed Graney
1: is here to show and tell.
2: To tell today. Nice. You ready? I am ready. Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock, Albert Pujols, Austin Barnes, Sheldon Noose, Billy McKinney, Luke Rayleigh, Tony Gonsolin. Two back with a triple-A lineup. (laughs) Listen. I I looked at that lineup the other night. They actually won the game with that lineup, and I thought to myself, well, I I mean, Taylor's really good. Turner's really good. Pollock aging. Pujols is like 90. Austin Barnes, are backup catching. Sheldon Noose, Billy McKinney, and Luke Raley. It's like, it's like double triple A lineup they're putting out.
0: That's there. only three bad players in the lineup. I know <laughs> I mean, pools. Oh, okay, first of all, pools. Come on, he's also, honored. Okay, but he's still Austin Pujols. Barnes. Come on, he's not even their start.
1: Might be your best, like your best acquisition of the season.
0: <laughs> Listen. Most teams have a bad bottom third of the order. I know you're used to. Oh, Cody Bellinger can hit eighth for this team. <laughs> Soft, he's hurt again. But most teams have a bad bottom third of a the double order. double A lineup. The other night, I was disgusted. You I did not have Chris Taylor and Justin Turner in the lineup and call it a double A lineup.
2: No, I'll say I'll say major league until the four hole, and then you start getting. Tri- I'll give Austin Barnes triple A. All these backup double A from there on out, including Gonsolin. Also,
0: nobody has good hitting catchers. There's like three in oh, the entirety of base. Yes, they're starters. You have one of them. Yeah, but he didn't
2: play the other night. I'm just like t- I'm talking about yes. this specific evening. I'm just telling hey. you,
0: this is the reality I- for majority of baseball teams. Their batting order does not have an all-star hitting seventh.
1: It's it's what it's yours, Salvi Perez, and I don't know if there's a third.
0: J T Realmuto, oh, yes, J T Realmuto. When he doesn't tear all the muscles in his leg, yeah. uh, Yasmani Grandal. Although, by the way, look up Yasmani Grandal's stats. He's hitting like one ninety this year. Forty points higher than Bellinger, but he leads the league. He well, he got hurt. He might not anymore. But he le- he was leading the league in walks. So he was hitting like under two hundred, and his on base percentage was the best on the White Sox. Yeah, like it was unbelievable because the guy just kept walking. But yes, that is a normal lineup for most teams. Ed,
2: the boys are holding on. It's not going to happen. They're just holding on.
0: They're holding on. They're just Listen holding to on. You, Softy's
2: hurt again. Hit a triple. he soft.
1: <laughs> the greatest <laughs> bats
2: who starts the second half just red hot. He kind of like gimps down to first. Like he'll be fine. Bruised hip. 10-day yes yesterday. You won't be back for six <laughs> weeks. Uh, Muncie, hey, I had two kids. Listen, it's nice to be at the birth. You're a ball player. Have them call you. You had a little girl. She's healthy. That's fine. Get the hell back in the lineup. Missing three days? You, you go and you hold the kid. You're like, yeah, good job. <laughs> Come on. Kids missing three straight games on maternity? Okay, the that maternity might be the oldest cake of the, yeah. that <laughs> is the oldest No, date. I was at the birth of both. I understand it. In and out. Let's go. Once you know she's healthy, she's going. She's going in the uh, incubator anyway. You know, you wave a few times. You get back and you hit third. You Listen. tell you tell your your wife <laughs> postpartum. Get over it. I gotta Let's go, go to go. work. Come on.
0: I, I don't disagree with you. Babies suck. So <laughs> see, you're you you've got that tape. I'd be doing anything just to, to stay away from that <laughs> baby. Who are you? I don't know. You've never seen you before. Ugh. It's not good. <laughs> Ed, they're gonna make the playoffs.
2: Ooh. One game, you player. know what they're going. You know what they're getting the, at home against the Padres. The Padres, yeah. One won't game good, and It won't loss. be good. The stiffs are in. Yeah.